I'm honored this afternoon and humbled to stand before you and share with you the word of God. As you have seen from the video, that's the ministry serving in Uganda. The success is real and the challenges are real. But we serve a big God. I want to share with you my personal life experience to begin with. Uh, I was raised and born in that village where you see all those uh, children in a sorry state. God helped me, he saved me, and he gave me education. But then I was called to serve. I went to a Bible college in the main city of our country, Kampala, where Emma is. Emma is one of the missionaries of CBC. And I excelled in my school grades. And they retained me to work as a tutor assistant, like an assistant to the professor. I stayed there with my wife, with our two children. I had running water in my house. I had electricity in my, in my house. I, I would get milk. I, I had a, a check uh, because I was paid as a, an associate to the, to the professors at the Bible school. But one day, there was a war in our community back home. And I went to visit my mom and my dad. And that day, when I reached home, everybody was in a people-protected camp. When the rebels come from Congo, they just, the government calls, say, hey, run for your security. Go to people protection camps. You stay in the village, they will come and kill you. So my parents, everybody was in the camp, living in, in a tent. And I reach home, I go to the camp, I meet mom and dad, I talk to a few people. I begin to give them hope that is only in Christ. I told the people, you have lost everything. You have lost your gardens, you have lost your beloved ones, you have lost your homes, you have nothing. But if you have Christ, you have everything. And they told me, Venencio, you are living in Kampala. 450 kilometers away. Who can give us such an encouragement? Who can give us such a message of hope? They hurt my heart. My heart was, so, was sobbing. I said, God, what do you want me to do? I have children. My first children, they are twins. They are making 15. By then, they were one year and eight months. And they have sickle cell. My children were crying morning, afternoon, evening, night, and the next day. For one year and eight months. But here God is convicting me. With your children with the sickle cell crying day and night, I want you to go back and preach the gospel and give that hope to your people. I looked around. I went in my tent. My parents' tent, I started crying. I said, God, you want me back here? Stay in a tent. Live 
a fancy house with electricity, with water, with everything in it, and come and stay in a tent, and stay where I am not assured of my breakfast, lunch, and supper. Do you want me to come, Lord, here? Do you want me, my children, to come and die here? As a man, things started running into my mind. I was perturbed. But then I told the people who I encouraged, I'm going back to Kampala. I have a job there. I have my wife and my children are there. I left. I came back where in Kampala in the main city. I told uh, the dean of the school, Emma, I told him, I'm troubled right now. God is telling me, I go back and preach the gospel to my people. They are dying without Christ. And Emma, seeing my ability God has given me to work with him, he said, Venencio, I'm going to pray a short prayer. And he prayed like this. If this is of God, let it prosper. If it is not of God, Lord, fail it. I said, this prayer, if it is not of God, fail it. If it is you, God, calling this young man, let it happen. I resisted to go. Because I knew I never wanted to leave electricity. I never wanted to leave a fancy house in the city. I never wanted to leave a paycheck and go where people are protected and they are living in the taps. But when God calls you, I want to assure you, brothers and sisters, you cannot resist God. I resisted, but I was defeated. One day, I said, let me go and pray in the mountain. We have a mountain prayer where people go and pray. I went to the mountain to pray. There are many people there praying in Uganda. I was there for three days. I said, God, I'm going to the mountain prayer. I want you to show me that you are calling me back and live in a tent back home in Bundibugi and serve you there and leave the fans of the city. As I was praying, I prayed for the first, second, third day, nothing happened. I couldn't see any sign. But I stayed because I, I said, God, I'm going to be here for four days. I said, let me wait for the fourth day. If God doesn't speak me in any way he wants, I will not go to Bundibugyo. On the fourth day, one of the preachers from the city came to the mountain to preach to the people who are there. And he started preaching. And he said, you guys, some of you, you are in Kampala. You are in the city, but God is calling you up country. He wants to use you there. I said, why is he preaching to me? <laughs> why is he preaching me? I nailed down. I said, God, you have nailed me down. I'm seeing you speaking to me. You brought this man 80 kilometers away from his church for me. I came down of the mountain. And I told the story to my wife. And my wife told me, you cannot resist God. I said, we, are we going? Say yes. Are you ready to leave this house and go and stay in a tap? 
in a, in a tent. He said, if it is the will of God, I'm going. Your children have no medicine back in the Bundibugyo. Are you willing to sacrifice your children? He said, he has the best plan. You know, women, stronger women, they can defeat your intentions. <laughs> I said, I cannot. This is all over my family now, everybody. God has spoken to us. We left the first day in a, in a tent. It rained. It rained is a ronino in Bundibugyo, where I come from. It rained and it swept through all our beddings. No one could sleep in our beddings. The whole night I was standing, my wife was standing, and the kids were crying. All the mattresses were, you would just touch at the mattress like this, and you see water coming up. Said, this is what God, you have called me. Said, praise the Lord. I looked at my wife. I thought she's going to complain. She didn't complain. Six months in Bundibugyo. We were moving to another place to preach the gospel. And to move to another camp, you would be escorted by army men. So 10 men with machine guns they were escorting us because the rebels were everywhere. If you move along, they would kill you. So the army men were escorting us. As we were moving with the army men, we came into an ambush of the rebels. The rebels wanted to shoot me and the other three men with me. We had our Bibles. But the army men had the guns. The army men are very curious of their environment. They saw the rebels, we wouldn't see the rebels. And one of the army men kicked me with his ebro. He wanted me to go down so that I can miss the bullet. They started fighting. I was there unconscious. These other men with me were unconscious. They fought very seriously until other army men joined them to rescue us. But of my surprise, by the time I realized I'm not short, the guy, the army man who helped me to go down, he was shot dead. I was so saddened, but I was moving in the track of the army men who just uh, rescued us. I started, I looked at my Bible. I looked at the gun the guy was holding. The owner is a dead body right there. I said, God, all this you are showing me, that you called me here for a purpose, that you want me to serve in this place. How can a man with a gun die and a man just with your word live? You, the word of God is real. When he calls you, he calls you. Go with me in Genesis 12. Verses 1 to 9. The Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make you a name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. 
And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Sekem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he, he built an altar to the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham joined on still going toward the Negev. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for uh, in a special way uh, for the worship team in this church. Oh Lord, thank you for giving them the passion and the zeal to serve you, to have that joy I saw in them as they serve you, Lord, as they worship you, as they glorify your name. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Phil and the leadership of this church. Thank you for men and women, young and old. Thank you for the greatest gift, oh Lord, which is the gift of salvation. Thank you for saving your sons and daughters. Thank you for, for, for your special uh, protection, guidance, and care. And above all, thank you for your inspired and holy word. Your word is life. Your word is real. Your word can speak to us, oh Lord. Thank you for your word. Your word speaks to me. Your word speaks to us. I'm a candidate. I'm just a student of your word. No one among us, oh Lord, can take the glory of your word. We are all students, oh Lord. Thank you for your special grace today. Thank you for the songs they have selected. They spoke to us, oh Lord. They spoke to me. As we partake on your word, Lord, I'm just a crooked stick. I'm a feeble man who need your grace. By the power of your Holy Ghost, step up into the pulpit, Lord, and speak through me. Use me as a voice, as John the Baptist, Lord. The man you have used, he said, I am just a voice. Use me as a voice and speak to your people as you speak to me. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I was, as I said this morning, that um, I'm going to look at this text. This is not the first time I think you have heard about the call of Abraham in um, Genesis chapter 12. You might have heard uh, sermons on this text, and I'm sure you have heard about them. But I want to give this text today an emphasis uh, that uh, drives us into the love of missions. I want to look at 
uh, uh, Abraham as a missionary. This call of Abraham as a call to mission work. I want to look uh, at this text today to show you and entreat you and see this text as speaking of God and looking at God's heart for the nations as seen in his call to Abraham. The heart of God for the nations in his call to Abraham. It's a missionary call. When you read well, as we have been reading, you see that the call Abraham, when he was called, he walked by faith in a great God. If you read other books that explain the, the, the Eastern block, they will tell you Abraham walked 1,500 miles from Ura of the Chaldeans and, com and camped in Iran, then down to Sekem. Abraham journey involved the fighting battles as he moved toward his, the place that he never was never mentioned to him. He gained victory over his enemies as he moved. And this victory is based on a total trust and faith in God. Like most vehicles, I was astonished. Uh, last week, I was moving with Tom, who is not here with us. He's in Idaho. He showed me a car, and he said, he said this car is an electric car. But in Uganda, I know every car must run on a fuel. But in the U.S., I saw a car that runs on, ele on electricity. But I want to assure you, the life of Abraham, his journey, he was moving from his known place to an unknown place. His journey was fueled by faith. The fuel, the blood that made Abraham, made him able to move as a missionary, as to, ex to, 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 to exist within his call was faith. Without faith, we can accomplish nothing in the kingdom of God. Faith is important. Faith is paramount in our life. Faith is the hinge. And therefore, I'm very pleased because I'm speaking to the family of faith. According to Hebrews 11, 8 to 10, the Bible says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents. With Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has the foundation whose design and the builder is God. When you look well in this chapter, chapter 12, verse 1 to 9, this chapter recounts God's call and promise to Abraham. And Abraham's response, this response of faith, is the pivotal, is the focal point 
It is the focal event in the book of Genesis. It is the theological hinge between sin and grace. From Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, you well know the word sin is not there. The two holy chapters that begin is the Bible. When you read them well, you see God saying, and God created this, and he said everything is good. And God created, and God said, let there be this. And when it was there, and he said everything is good. But when we wake up to chapter 3, when sin entered into the world, up to chapter 11, we see men started living for themselves. They started running away from God, their creator. They started running away. They started taking, they wanted to take position themselves and take the glory of God. This is, the climax of this is chapter 11 of Genesis, of the book of Genesis. You see, in Genesis 11, the people of the then came together and said, why don't we make a name for ourselves? Why don't we build a city that goes to heaven so that we can be known? We shall have a city, make a city that we shall for ourselves, for our name to be known. When sin entered into the world, people started uniting themselves and become one culture. They wanted to become one culture, but God had blessed man in Genesis 1 and 2 and said, I bless you till fill the, the world and subdue it. They were not ready to till the world to go everywhere and populate the world. They wanted to keep into a monolithic culture, to stay in one, to build themselves a city and be known there. The Bible says in 11 that God came down. When God came down, he confused their languages at the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11, and he scattered them. In Genesis 11, unity, men united, people united themselves, and they did some great work. But I want to assure you, unity outside God, it will frustrate you. They were frustrated because they unified themselves outside God. And it brought God down to disorganize the unity outside himself. And that's why God in chapter 12, he said, now I'm going to deal with a man. I'm going to deal with a nation. And he called Abraham. Not because Abraham was holy. There is nothing that tells about Abraham. His, whether he was good, whether he was bad. He, his, his heroic factor is not mentioned here. But what I know, Abraham was a sinner as I am as you are. Who needed God's grace. And God appointed him not with anything that he has seen in him. That, oh, Abraham was, is going to be a good person. Abraham is the good person in Europe. His father's house was in a mess. There were a lot of idols in Terah's home. And so was Abraham. He was part of it. But God purposed him, called him, so that his historical redemptive plan can be through Abraham. God can use feeble men. 
He can use crooked stick. He can use people born in a place. Bundibugyo, where I come from, the name means a place not beyond the other. He can still elect and choose and call and use you there. Regardless of what you are, your status, your bank pass account, or you are, you, where are you born, you are an American, you are an African, you are from the East, you are from the West. God doesn't care. He has called you. He can call you and use and call you to serve him anywhere. He called me. I was living in a fancy place. I had milk, but now I don't get milk where I am. But the way God has blessed me there, I was just having peanuts in the city. I now I have all because I have Christ. Amen. In his call, in Abraham's call, what he was to leave behind was categorically clear, but what lay ahead of Abraham was hardly described of their details. God did not tell Abraham, as you leave, this is what you are going to find there. Even the name of the place is not mentioned there. But God said, Abraham, go from your country. This is an imperative command. Abraham is called to go. It is a missionary outcry by God. God calls us to go. That's what when even Jesus came in Matthew 28, 19, he said, go. It is an imperative command for me and you, those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, those who know God, those who have believed him, who have seen him working in our lives, have seen him, his power is real. The power that he changes, the power that moved Abraham to move without even questioning that power is life is even here today. It can move you, it moved me. But this is not all about moving from uh, Valley Bible Church and go to Africa. You can become a missionary here. There are people who come here in this church and they are downcasted. They want somebody to counsel them, to help them, to reach them and say, honey, what is going on? God loves you. There are people who come, they open those doors. Maybe they have never heard about Christ. And when they come here, when they hear Christ, when they see people going to them, say, oh, the, this is, I'm Venencio. I'm nice to meet you. What is your name? Where do you come from? Can I know you better than that? He say, okay, this is a community where I'm supposed to be. The gospel can begin there. Like Abraham was called to leave his family, his home, his place, and his father. The sense of living is there, even here. But the gospel does not mean to live and go global. It can still mean within your scope of reach. But there is a need to live and go and speak to somebody about the excellences of Christ. The details of your going is not very important. When God calls you, 
he doesn't tell you all the details of where you are going and whom you are going to meet and where he is because he knows he is in a comfort. It is unless we relinquish, we become like children, humble before God and just wait upon him and just listen to him and just go according to his word. Where we are going, God knows and is in a comfort. I want to tell you the promise given to Abraham here in this scripture is soon to come true. The promise, because the Bible says, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, which was fulfilled in the Savior, in the Messiah, in the Redeemer, Jesus Christ. He came in the lineage of Abraham, who becomes a blessing to all who believe in him worldwide. Jesus is the blessing. Those who believe in him, whether in Africa, whether here in America, you have been blessed. You are part of Abraham Enterprise. You are part of a new family. You are part of a new culture, the culture of Christ, the home of Christ, the family of God. Amen. Since I got saved, I've never regretted because when I come and I stand before you like this, and I see my black color, and I see you Americans, and I see just only a person from Africa. I'm, I'm from Africa. I'm not an, a, a black American. I'm from Africa. But I'm not surprised to stand before you because I belong to a family of God. The great adventure is about to begin based on a complete trust and obedience to God. Abraham is to begin a journey. Abraham had settled in his life. The Bible tells us he was married to Sarai. He has a house, he had a possession, he had the people who was under his care. He, he was a landowner there. But God tells him, I want you to pack up everything. You, you have to step out of faith and go to a place that I am going to show you. By deserting his country, he lost his name. Nobody, not even younger people would know that they lived in this place, a man called Abraham. There was no a backup plan for Abraham. Abraham just went. Younger ones could not know him. But God told him, don't care about that. Just trust me and I will make you a great name. That's what God promised Abraham. I will make you a great name than ever you imagined. In his journey into the unknown, Abraham embraced ignorance. He did not hold on saying, I have a land, God. I have a house, God. I have a family, God. I'm known here. I'm the younger man who is growing prosperous in the land of Ura. He just said, God told him, and Adam started putting things together. We were helping one of the brothers at CBC. They have planted a new church in uh, South California. And so we went to help the brother. As we were putting the things in the removal truck, I asked him, where are you going? And he brought his iPhone, and he showed me we are moving like this. We are going to this place. 
But this is very scary. Abraham is told to leave. It's like someone is said, pack things and move. You pack things and you ask him, this like a driver is driving a, 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 a removal truck. You, he put the things in the truck and he asks you, are we taking 101? And you say, don't mind, just begin driving. Where are we going? Just begin driving. Abraham did not ask God any question because he trusted in one living true God, the provider of everything, our sustainer, our savior. And he started and he moved with his God. That's where we are supposed to be. Abraham chose to live with confidence in God's promise to bless him in a new and a strange place. Abraham lived in a time where there was no GPS. Abraham lived in a time where there was no Google map. There was no info park. No information park I see in your vehicles. You have this is a map of California. This is a map of Napa. This is Vallejo. This. There was no that. But Abraham accepted, he believed, now that God of glory, the God of Israel. Has called him. He trusted in him. He believed in him. But this is not that Abraham had prayer faith in God. There is no prayer faith in God in Abraham. Abraham is not a hero in the Bible before chapter 12. He is not much hard in the word of God. He just pops up on the, on, 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 in chapter 12. It means God can choose you regardless of your background. Background is not an issue when God wants to call you, when he wants to use you, when he wants to lift you. My background is bad. I live in a very distant and poor place. But God has raised me. When, I, when they call me to the U.S., they pay my ticket. They pay. I say, God, who's me to be here? Because God has decided to use me. He can use you, my brother, my sister who's here. We have a brother, a dear brother, Abraham now, whom God has appointed to use him. God did not even, God can use you regardless of your years. Abraham was 75, and God called him, and Abraham left, and he is gone. 75 years. Sometimes we think, oh, he cannot use my age, I'm retired, so God cannot use me. God, when he calls you, he can call you at, at 75. He can call you and use you anywhere. You can become a wonderful tool, instrument, and voice for God at 75. It can be at 20, the youth who are here. The years is not important. He can call you at 18. He can call you at 13. You can, he can call you at any age in this life and use you mightly there. 
and use you to declare his excellences. He can use you in schools. Those youth who are here, you can speak for him in schools. It doesn't need you to go far away or to go across the sea. He can use you within the community where you go in, the, in, 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 in sports arenas. He can use you there, youth who are here, young men and women. God is a call is not limited to, the, to those who are 75, to those who are 60. Time and age is not limited with God. What matters in this text is God pursues his design, his redemptive plan, saving the lost humanity through people like Abraham, through people like me and like you. But what is this? God promised to Abraham. Scriptures say he promised him a land. He promised him a great nation. And this great nation is Israel annexed with the believers. The great name. Abraham himself, he did not become the great name that we can say he was a great. The great name is concluded in Christ. The great name, according to Acts 4, verse 12, he says there is no name apart from the name of Christ that a man will be saved. So that is the great name. The great blessing is, is that men and women in the tribal people, in the people groups of the world can hear the great, the great blessing of salvation, can receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Two ways looking at this. There is... The top line, God says, Abraham, I will bless you. The bottom line, he says, you will be a blessing to the nations. When you are blessed by God, and the greatest blessing is salvation, you cannot receive this good and great mercy and grace from God. You sinner like me who has been saved, you have been snatched from the fires of hell, from the pangs of hell, and you don't tell another person about this goodness. When you have a good thing, you share it with the brothers. You share it with the others. That's why when Abraham was called, he went. You are called, you have been called to share this gospel with others. Share the gospel with others. That's why it's called the good news. The rest of the news is not good news. Good news is about Christ came. The good news is about he came looking for you, to save you and I, to die for your sins. That's the good news. And therefore, it cannot be news unless you share the news. We need to share the news. What does the nation or family of the earth mean here? Those are the families and the nations that are going to be blessed through Abraham. What are they? It's the ethnic groups all over the world. We have more than 50 ethnic groups, thousands of tribes in Uganda. I believe thousands in the U.S. I tell you, all these people in China, all these people in Russia, all these people in Somalia, they need to hear the gospel. It takes me and you to go and reach these places. But I want to encourage you that the promise that was made to Abraham, it is made for you and me through faith in Christ. 
if you don't as men and women, Christian living in the New Testament. That's why the Bible says in Acts 3.25, you are the sons of the prophets and the covenant that God made with you. Your fathers saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The families of the earth in Uganda, in America, shall be blessed by having faith in Christ because Christ came through Adam, Abraham. God is the purpose for the world. The purpose of God for the world is that the blessing of Abraham, namely salvation, achieved through Jesus Christ, the seed, the offspring of Abraham, would reach to all ethnic groups of the world. The blessing is salvation. The seed is Christ. The scope is all people of the world. The recipient of this blessing is not only Abraham, but in Abraham is all believers. As John 3.16 says, that for so God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is all about missionaries. How easy is it to get caught up in our own agendas and lives and not listen to the calling. God speaks into and acts in a hopeless situation. God calls the people into a seemingly impossible mission. He can call you to Russia, I don't know. He can call you to Somalia. My God, is, he knows where I want to call you. Life of faith is a life of journey, adventure with God. Listen to this. Our ultimate journey as a Christian is to move from self-regarding to other-regarding. That is all about mission. Other-regarding than self-regarding. And that was Abraham. That's why he left. He said, okay, God, I'm leaving everything. Let me go, brothers and sisters, living in the New Testament. Matthew 28 from 19, he said, Therefore go. Therefore go. Make disciples. Make. And disciples can be made into leaders. And leaders can be made into worshippers. Are you worshipping God this afternoon? Don't you think there are people who are there, God wants them to worship him, but they don't have the gospel. It needs you to stand up. It needs you to move and go like Abraham. I don't know where you are going. It can be within this church. It can be in the community. It can be globally. But the point is, in Christ, we need to share the excellences. Father, in the name of Jesus, once again I want to thank you. It is not easy to stand and listen to your voice and go. I know. You called me when I was in Kampala. I resisted, but I couldn't manage. You warned me, and here I am. Continue to send me as you send my brothers and sisters in this church. Amen. Mm -hmm.